she out of her mind? <laughs> What's happening to this lady, crazy lady? It's the spirit of God that comes on me. It's a prophetic anointing and an intercessor, spirit of intercession that remains and abides on me. And so um, I've been um, here for two years now. I've been sitting where you sit. <laughs> and it's been delicious. <laughs> it's been wonderful. But now God has um, opened this door and I can just share perhaps a little bit of my story and a little bit of how... God has, um, yeah, come upon me and led me by his spirit. But, you know, do you know when I was, when I was singing about heaven's open? You know, it's the most amazing thing that we walk through this earth, through Christchurch Street, and the heavens are open to us. God has opened the heavens to us. Through Jesus Christ. Phenomenal. No other religion. No other people group. No one here on earth except those who know Jesus Christ and trust in him. Have the heavens open. They've been open. Because it's a spiritual realm. It's a realm of the spirit. And Jesus has made access and because he has made a way where there was no way. There was no way until Jesus came. Jesus came that heavens would be opened. And the breath of heaven fell on the day of Pentecost. What an amazing, cataclysmic event that we walk in today. And all we have to do is receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you did it all. All for me. All for me. I'm going to stand down here because I could fall off there. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I don't have as good at jokes as Kim. She's great with jokes. But, I mean, God's made me a joke, hasn't he? Hey, I have a joke. <laughs> and I was different. But that's, I just rest in God as to what he'll do this morning. And I pray that you can rest in him too. Because I'm one of you. We are one in the bonds of love. You know, that's oneness, isn't it? Oneness is when we're one in the bonds of love. You know, heart, mind, spirit. And Jesus Christ. Whoa! God's bringing breakout and breakthrough in this church. God's loosening the chains. God's releasing heart. Heart. It's not only coming in the, in, in, in the community, because God, what God does in the community, he does in the church. You know, he releases heart. He releases passion. Oh, I've been to a few football matches, you know. My husband was a rugby player. And when we got there, whoa, everyone was excited. Everyone was chatting. Everyone was vibrant. Oh, come on, go, 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 Crusaders. Go, All Blacks. Wow. Wow. And it was wow. But there's no wow like God's wow. There's nothing that can be compared with what we have in God. God has opened heaven. 
and released heaven to earth when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost. Ooh, that was 2,000 years ago. Get a piece of it now. Get a big piece of it. A big piece of the power and the life of the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent to earth. Yeah, God's opening up, opening up this church and um, bringing new things. Okay. Actually, I'm loving this church. I was at Oxford Baptist for 35 years. Can you believe it? You'd think I'd come out in a straitjacket, wouldn't you, after 35 years? <laughs> One church. But God did amazing things through that time. We weren't limited to, to Oxford Baptist Church. I mean, the world is his footstool. And um, God saw fit to take us around the world many times. Amazing. I stand amazed at what God has done. Uh, being, uh, you know, to, to Israel and wow, Tori, fabulous. Wow, to hear you going to Israel. I just am so blessed. So blessed to hear that. And look what God will do. People of faith. Faith in God. Wonderful to hear. And so, um, uh, yes, my early, my early years, whoa. Well, see, that's this intercession. I pick it up over, the, over you. I pick it up. I draw it from you in the spirit. God's breaking through, breaking you out, getting you excited. Oh, could I go to Israel? Never thought I could go to Israel. Oh, I've always just gone down the street to Northlands. <laughs> That's a big adventure for me. I went to, to Israel, and, and my first trip was in 1980, and my husband and I um, hadn't even been to the North Island together. And God said, I want you to go to Israel. What? Israel? It was like, God could have said, go to the moon. And I would have been just about in the same category. Go to the moon. But I said, what? Israel? And little by little, God led us. You know, scriptures confirmed it. Our spirit became excited. Um, we were stirred. You know, then um, different things came together. And um, we went. Never been the same again. Changed forever. Who could, who could capture just walking down the street or going in a bus through the streets and seeing, and on the outside of Jerusalem, seeing a signpost, Bethlehem. Bethlehem? Bethlehem? That's where Jesus was born? How could that be? Going out on the Sea of Galilee on a boat, and seeing, sitting on the boat like a, they call it a Jesus boat. And we're sitting out there on this Jesus boat. And, um, and then they pull up and unfurl the New Zealand flag. Yeah. <laughs> and our national anthem is played on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked. And down comes heaven to earth. And our spirit is just overwhelmed, overwhelmed with this great, 
great love down through the ages, from everlasting to everlasting, God comes down and he communes with me and with, our, with whoever we were with. Just, just undone, just falling on our knees, just, just poured out upon of God's great destiny and favor for each one of us. God's got a plan for our lives. God's got an amazing plan. And, um, you know, in Proverbs 16, 9, it says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And I had plans for my life. I didn't think I could ever go to Israel. Perhaps to the Bay of Islands would have been it for the, you know, I came from Geraldine, a little town, raised in a state house because my father was a returned serviceman. Spent time in a prisoner war camp and the government gave them houses to um, re-establish themselves. And so my, my beginnings were very small. My vision, my expectation of this life was very small. When I went to Dunedin to Teachers College, Wow, that was a wow. <laughs> and to university, whoo, that was a big pool to swim in. But God enlarged me, and he began to teach me that his ways are higher than my ways. Yeah. Isaiah 55, verse 18 to 19. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. They are higher, as high as the heaven is above the earth. Yeah. So are my thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. And I began to exchange my Anglican tradition <laughs> for his ways. Yeah. I learned that God existed, and I'm very, very grateful for my home upbringing and very, very grateful for what I learned there. But oh, God blew open the windows of my life and began to set me free into a walk with Jesus that was personal. Personal. And it had no limitations. Freedom. Freedom. God, you're going to speak to me. You're going to take me upon this path. You're going to open it up, reveal it to me. And when I don't know where I'm going, God, you're still there. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So he began to teach me his ways. And I began to cry. And I began to grow in God when I was... Um, and it took me from, right from young people right through to about 28 when I really got hold of God and I was converted. When I fell on my knees and I repented and I can remember thinking I'd traveled with God and I'd been water baptized, I'd been filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit, but oh, to surrender my life was different, different. And so I, um, I did that as I um, went through my early married life and I had three children that brought me to my knees. married a policeman, a detective, and so I learned <laughs> that my ways 
weren't big enough, nor were they going to cut the mustard. And so I cried out to God in repentance and deep need of a saviour and a powerful God that was going to change what I could not change. Husband Morris was converted in those seven, after seven years of marriage. We began a whole new journey. So he went from policeman to pastor. My biggest thought was that he would hardly, you know, if he just came to church and behaved himself, that would have been good. Because <laughs> he wasn't very good at behaving himself. He liked to have fun. He liked to break out of the normal, and the police gave him plenty of permission to do that. Yeah. Did you know that? You thought policemen were sort of goody-goodies, but actually <laughs> there's a whole different side to it. <laughs> They're wonderful, but they also get a lot of permission given. And so he was a wonderful, God began to, to, to do a whole new thing in our marriage, a whole new thing. And God took us through those early years. Um, so here I am among you. It hasn't been too hard because this church is very much like our church back in Oxford. We're just a, a, um, a country version. <laughs> but it's charismatic. It's full of the power of God, an acknowledgement of the nine gifts of the Spirit, and desiring worship and the presence of God. So it's been easy for me to come among you. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you. Because six months after I arrived, Morris was suddenly, on an ordinary Friday morning, taken to heaven. Sudden heart attack. And so... I've been traveling and journeying with the Lord since then. His final call was heaven. See, we've been through a massive week. There's been no week like this week in Christchurch. It's been different in the earthquakes, but this has been violent. This is violent, personal violence. And um, we've all traveled in different ways. Some are full of mercy and just weep and weep for the families. Others, action. Give me some soup. Give me some, some, some things to take. Presents, food. Let's feed, the, feed their needs. We all, some, some pray. Some just go into the prayer closet and pray and wait on God. God, what are you doing? God, come. And they, we all have a different reaction. For me, on the face of it, it seemed a very senseless waste. People's lives taken from them, families disrupted, the horror of violence. There's a horror that disarms us and takes us out if we let it. 
is the result of one man's belief fed by organisations. One man believed. He has, an he has an ideology, a belief system that would take him all the way to this end. Destruction, pain. There was, I went down to Dean's Avenue. I went down to see the wall on Monday. I just really wanted to connect. I wanted to breathe the air of Christchurch's pain and suffering in these Muslim families. There was an air of soberness and quiet. As I was thinking, you know, we as Christians face death very differently. We face it with hope. We're not ones that grieve without hope. When Morris died, and uh, I looked up and I said, Lord, I, can't, I want to see the angels. Where are the angels? I looked up and I want to see the clouds part and see, see them going up. See, we're not without hope. Morris isn't dead, he's alive. He's not here, he's not present, but he's alive. He's alive. He's in heaven with the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. I think as Christians, we're having our minds renewed. God's doing an amazing thing in the church, you know. The church is having their minds renewed. The way we grieve now is very different to what has gone before. You know, widows would be in black. Some of them would stay in bed for six months. I was a, I'm a grief counsellor and worked with a funeral company and I visited many widows and they would tell me about their mothers that would stay in bed. You know, they wouldn't get out of bed for six months after their husbands died. And that's, that's just at the turn of the century, in the 1900s. But now Christ has liberated us. It's... And I don't take away from widows present or wherever who have grieved deeply. And it has been disarming. And it has been um, vulnerable. But I'm very grateful for how God has, has worked in my life. And I guess 35 years of pastoring taught me a lot of things. It's a lot of people. A lot of experiences that renewed my mind, changed my thinking. Because this man had a belief system. We as Christians have a belief system. We believe. What do we believe? In the Anglican Church, we have a creed. We had a creed. And we would speak it out, confess, I believe in God the Father. I believe. I believe. And we went through this creed often. What do we believe? What do you believe today? in the face of what we've gone through this last week. See, I, um, I, you know, the flowers were very strong, the perfume, and they just wafted on the, on the breath of the, of the spirit. As they, you know, they just wafted around me. 
and I just was very quiet and very sober. But I, be, I just, just breathed in the perfume and the words that came to me, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in our believer's ear. It soothes our sorrows, heals our pain, and drives away our fears. And there, in the midst of a, a um, city in mourning and a nation changed in its whole perspective, was Jesus, was the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus to me, that he's here, he's with us, and he understands, and he does soothe our sorrows, heals our pain, and his love drives out all fear. I, um, so a belief system, this is what a belief system is. It's an opinion or anything that a person holds to be true. It may not be true, but they hold it as truth. And it becomes a stronghold. We can either have beliefs that are a stronghold of the enemy, which God has to come and reveal out his truth, his biblical truth, his revelation by the Spirit of God that dislodges and breaks out the strongholds that the enemy holds, that we can have a hold that is strong in God and in his word and in his truth and his perspective. So God does that. See, as Christians, we believe, this is what we, we believe, many things. <laughs> but faith in Jesus as the Son of God is a strong belief. We believe that when Jesus ascended into heaven on the day of Pentecost, he said, I must go. I must leave you. My time has finished here on earth, but I will send the Holy Spirit. He will be your comforter. He will be your teacher. He will be your counselor. He will be present with you. He will come upon you, and he comes to reveal Jesus the Holy Spirit is here to reveal Jesus to us all. So what we believe affects our lives and the lives of others. We see that for bad, but you see it for good every day, how we affect each other. We act out our beliefs and those actions affect others. So we act out what we actually believe. The beliefs we hold shape and we become what we believe. Yes? You're different today than you were 10 years ago. What's changed your actions? What's changed your behavior? What do you believe? The work of the Holy Spirit, changing your thinking, changing your mindsets, shifting your paradigms. See, I used to think when I was young, a teenager, I used to think, well... God, I could take heaven or I could take it, take it or leave it. I'm not really too in dead by sitting on a cloud and playing a harp. <laughs> you know, why would I want to go to heaven if that's the way it's going to be? Now, for most teenagers, that's not it's too exciting, is it? <laughs> so they think, well, if that's what Christianity is, where I'm heading, you know, I, I don't know whether I'm, you know, I don't think I'll go there. 
you know, oh, it's an option, but, you know. See, I had a belief system which was totally, totally a lie of the enemy. And we come into Christian, into our Christian faith with many, many belief systems that are nothing to do with what the Bible teaches and what God has for us. And they have to be shifted and changed. And the Holy Spirit is working around us all the time, revealing truth. He is revealing, even this week, powerful, powerful. Powerful, because when we're vulnerable, when we're needy, when we're um, like set apart, some of you would feel as if you couldn't really work too much this week, you know, you were, you were confused, you were, you know, but God gets an opportunity to come and speak his love, to speak his ways to us. See, let's, let's go to Acts 7. This is the story of Stephen, and I need to move quickly. Um, it says, and we know Stephen. He, he, he was, there was 12 disciples. They chose seven more um, to, to serve and to care for the church because the church was beginning to grow and flourish. And Stephen um, was, uh, was chosen as one of the seven and it says here, when they heard this, they were oh, he was railing against the, uh, in the Sanhedrin against the Pharisees, saying, you know, this is who we are. We're, we're, we're the people from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, the prophets came and, and told you about God and what he, the purpose for Israel. But, but, you know, you did not believe. In fact, you laughed and you mocked. And, um, and even when the righteous one came. You crucified him. And that got them mad. And they said, let's stone him. And so this is Stephen. When, they, when the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they took him out and they stoned him. See, are our belief systems strong to look up to heaven? Okay, let's, next one. This is why they chose Stephen. Um, when we journey through crisis, you know, we need, we need resources. We need spiritual resources. And we, we, this is a fantastic church, practical helps and spiritual guidance. But I'm going to define it a wee bit more. I'm just going to go through it quickly. Why was Stephen described as being full of the Holy Spirit? Because some of you may think that being full of the Holy Spirit is, oh, I've got a shake. Oh, no, I don't want that. I've got to fall down. I, I, you know, I come up on the altar, I might fall down. Oh, that wouldn't be good either. Is that what it means? Well, it means that, but a lot more. 
a lot more. Stephen was chosen because he is full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 6 verse 3, it says he was full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. Who doesn't want to be full of wisdom? Wisdom with your, in your marriages. Wisdom in your work. Wisdom with your children. Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom in our ministries. Wisdom. Every day. Acts 5, Acts, verse 5, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. You see, Tori and her husband, which I don't know, <laughs> apologies, um, uh, are full of faith. They don't know where they're going. They just know that, that God's called them to go to Israel. And there's others of you that are walking in faith, like Abraham. He didn't know where he was going. He left. He left. Uh, he left the Chaldeans. He left everything he knew. And he began to walk with God. But he didn't know where he was going. How many of you felt like that? I have. When we came to Christchurch, we didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what God had for us. But God knew. And God always knows. Verse 8. Full of grace and power, doing miraculous, one, great wonders and miraculous signs. And, and, you know, what you see on me is a wonder. You're going scratching your heads. I wonder. I wonder if this is God. Or is she manifesting a demon? Or she could be. Oh, crazy. But you see, we wonder. And it causes us to look to God. It causes you to search the scriptures. It causes you to, to look for understanding. Yep. And to see the greatness of God. You see everything. Well, go, well, you see, Daniel. Who would have put Daniel in the lion's den? Would you? If you were in charge. If you were God, would you put Daniel in the lion's den? God, Daniel was faithful. Daniel prayed three times in a hostile environment. Some of you are feeling about a hostile environment. But he prayed. He ended up in the lion's den. Well, that's what you get. What sort of God am I wish? He said, if I die, I die. He trusted God. a sign and a wonder. He closed the mouths of the lion. That's against nature. That's a miraculous sign. And out came Daniel. And in a day, God changed the heart of the Pharaoh. He changed his heart and said, from now on, everyone's to pray to Daniel's God. Who could have done that in a day? See, God's ways are higher than our ways. If you ever feel as if you're in the lion's den, look up and see what God's doing. He was full of light. He was, he was full of vision. He saw the heavens open. He saw a spiritual vision. And he saw Jesus standing there. Do you think Jesus had his arms wide open? 
Come on, Stephen. I'm here for you. Here you come. Here you come. Right into heaven's gates. I'm here for you, Stephen. Look up. Look up, Stephen. And with that, he was with the Lord. He was the first martyr of the church, Stephen. God's ways are higher than our ways. And even in this darkest day, God's ways are higher. God's got a plan. God's working out his purposes. Opportunities to speak. Opportunities to give and to love, to build. To The opportunities are huge. Because the church is alive. Arise, shine, for our light has come. When, um, when Morris um, promoted to heaven, over the next weeks and months, of course, I was looking to the Lord and saying, God, this is, this is not what I had planned. Again, you've been sneaky on me. <laughs> sneaky God. But I trust you because your plans are higher than my plans. This is going to be different, but I trust you. And um, one day, sitting here, in the worship service, and I love our worship services because the presence of God is, is pregnant, is here. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is revelation and illumination, and God opens up. And I was standing there, and... I was looking at the words, but I looked up, and this is what I saw. I saw Morris in the vision. I opened eyes. I could see him. He was just there, and I knew he was in heaven. He had his back to me. And he was, it was like there were other people he was listening to. It was a very peaceful, quiet scene, and it was like he was just listening, listening, listening. And the, I, 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 what came to me, what came off the vision was, oh, I think he's listening to Jesus. I think Jesus is there. And people are gathered around, and they're just listening to him. And, um, and then he turned around, and he looked at me. And he said, I see you. That's what just, it wasn't so much the words, that's what came off him. He just said, and he said, I see you. And, uh, you know, his blue eyes attentive on me. Oh, I was like, wow. And with it came a, such an, a, an assurance that he could see me, you know, working. It was like, because I, I, this, when a person um, leaves, there's lots of things that you have to do when a person leaves this earth. Lots of decisions you have to make. You have to realign finances, realign um, details with family and all sorts of things um, and, and more. And it's like, when he said that, he said, I see what you're doing, Maria. I see you. And it was like such a comfort and such a reassurance that changed so much for me. It changed so much because I relied on him heaps. You know, husbands and wives, you don't realize how much you receive from each other. 
every day. So much. So much strength, so much support. And even in the bad times, in the difficult times, it's still there, undergirding through Christ. The second experience I had of heaven was um, I was at home just having a time with the Lord. And you know, after, um, (laughs) it was strange what came up. I kept thinking, are you all right, Morris? You know, <laughs> which shows perhaps how, how you know how in grief and in loss, you know, things surface that you don't even know, and obviously, I'm a bit of a undertaker. You know, I undertake, not an undertaker. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I I was concerned, and I guess husbands and wives are like that. We're like that with people that we have a mentor that we've discipled, um, you know, and I can, are you all right, Morris? <laughs> are you okay? You know, that would come to me. And I'd say, God, you know, um, what's he doing? What, what have you got for him? And, I, um, and then the heavens opened, and I had this vision of him. And it was like, um, it was a wide pathway which narrowed down it was wide near where I was looking, but it went way down narrow in the distance. And right on either side were, were just faces. Faces, they weren't distinctive faces, but I just knew they were the heavenly um, saints all lined up. And I saw Morris standing <laughs> at the beginning of this road. And it was like everyone was quietly just there for him. He would have liked that, you know. That's, he would have liked that. He would have liked a welcome into heaven. <laughs> and it was like I started to laugh at God. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, here he was there, all these people, and they weren't cheering or anything. They were just, their presence was there. They were there for him. To say, come on in. We welcome you through heaven's gates. And you know, I laughed and I thought, God, silly me. I know you're there for her, but I'm so glad you showed me what it was like. See, God's so faithful. He's so good. And um, when we went to Oxford, just as I finish, you will have strong beliefs that you're pulling through. And one of our strong beliefs was that was Abraham's, um, uh, you know, a walk. What, an, what amazing models we have in the Word of God. And um, by faith, Abraham, from Hebrews 11, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. How beautiful is that? All these people, verse 13, 
were living by faith when they died. They did not always receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. And that's what Morris and I, that was one of the strong beliefs we had, that we were journeying through this life. We were aliens and strangers, insofar as that it did not, earth did not own us. We were owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we didn't know where we were going. Sometimes we lost a daughter at 16 with a brain tumor, our baby daughter, three children. Two of our families live in Christchurch with five grandchildren. But our youngest daughter at 16, suddenly, after an operation for a brain tumor, died. I know grief. I know the face of grief. I know torture and torment and suffering. But I also see what God can do when we are heaven bound. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit to journey through trials and testings. And that can see us through in victory and in joy. A glorious God comes to reveal his glory in every situation if we look up. Glory upon glory. From glory to glory. Yeah. Strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. No return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. Only through Jesus Christ can we have a prepared place in heaven. Only through Jesus Christ has he bought, paid the price and opened heaven's gates. For us to journey, journey in power yeah. and in love with great joy, serving, caring, loving from the source of power in Jesus Christ. Let's just bow our heads this morning. Morris's headstone has on it eternity in their hearts. Is eternity in your heart today? Do you see heaven is open at times? Do you know where you're going? Do you know who you're journeying with? Is the power, the fullness of the Spirit of God upon you to walk supernaturally? through this life, knowing, knowing who's called you and who's transforming you. I have two words of knowledge. I believe this morning there's a young person here that's been, um, there's not too many, but I believe there's someone here this morning that you've been um, not telling your parents the truth about your life. You've been 
fudging the truth. You've been lying. Let's call it for what it is. You've been lying to your parents. And God, from his mercy of great love, comes to you this morning and says, he asks you to go to your parents or to your father or mother, whoever is your parent, and tell them, tell one or both what's happening, to face it. Because Jesus brings liberty and he brings freedom. And he's got you on his mind. Number, the second word of knowledge is that God says to someone here this morning, he has got new garments for you. You've settled for your own garments, your old clothes. And those old clothes fit well. They're a bit dirty and a bit worn. But you say to yourself, I know these clothes. I know these clothes. Why would I? I don't think I would fit those new garments that you've got for me, Jesus. Those garments of righteousness. Those white garments that, that speak of cleansing and of renewal and of change and our journey heaven bound. Jesus has got new garments for you this morning. And um, I'd love to pray with you and pray with anyone else who feels that God is calling you to take a step of faith in these perilous, what could be perilous times, but what, can, what are the darkest times can be the most well lit. The worst of days in Christ Jesus can be the best of days. Let God triumph at this time. So we'll sing. You're welcome to come forward. Love to pray. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> That's the Spirit of God. I blame him. Huh? I blame him. <laughs> and he's wonderful. So let's thank you, worship team.